0: slow burn media and bill huffman present who killed a podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless
1: there is yet another murder mystery plaguing police this one out of atlantic city new jersey where authorities there say they are eyeing several persons of interest in a string of unsolved homicides dating back to 2006. these were ladies who had a particular lifestyle a lifestyle that caused them to want to live below the radar son surf. And glittery casinos. That's the image Atlantic City puts out to attract millions of visitors and billions of their dollars. But this is another side of Atlantic City. November 20th, 2006, two people stumbled across the body of Kimberly Raffo. When police arrived, they found three more women's bodies no more than 50 yards separating them. They worked the Atlantic City boardwalk. They were all found murdered and dumped in marshlands. Those murders remain unsolved. The search for clues continues 12 years after the bodies of four women were found in a West Atlantic City drainage ditch. The bodies of Kim Raffo, Molly Diltz, Barbara Bredor and Tracy Roberts were found in the ditch behind the Golden Key Motel, November 20th, 2006. Investigators say the work continues every day to try and bring the people behind their deaths to justice. Anyone with information is asked to call the Atlantic County Prosecutor's Office. Curtis Silva for CBS Philly. This is one of those men, Terry Olson. He and his lawyer, James Leonard, agreed to an interview. Did you murder these four women? I absolutely did not have anything to do with it. This fits the FBI definition of a serial killing. After finding the bodies here, one of the challenges investigators faced was that the elements had dramatically reduced the amount of recoverable evidence in the case. They worked the Atlantic City boardwalk. They were all found murdered and dumped in marshlands. Those murders remain unsolved. Everybody counts. Um, you know, every everybody, you know, every person is a child of God. And we, you know, we, we view every person, uh, every victim of, of every crime, particularly, you know, crimes of, of violence like this, as, as worthy of our best efforts. And anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers at 609-652-1234. Or you can call 1-800-658-8477. That's 1-800-658-TIPS.
0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who Killed? I am your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media Production. On this week's episode, we're going to take a look back at an older case from 2006 when the bodies of four women were discovered behind a motel in Atlantic City. And the reason we're looking back at this case again is the fact that Lifetime is actually dropping a movie. Now, this is a fictional movie, but it's called The Long Island Serial Killer colon, A Mother's Hunt for Justice, which Quote, chronicles the search for the person who murdered at least 10 people whose bodies were found on Gilgo and Oak Beaches in Suffolk County, New York, between 2010 and 2011. The film also posits the same assassin could also be behind the murders of four women four years earlier in New Jersey, known as the Atlantic City Serial Killing. And in each case, the women were strangled and left in a drainage ditch behind the motel in Egg Harbor Township. So, in honor of this movie being dropped on Lifetime, I figured it would be a great time to take a look back at the Atlantic City 4 case that I covered in a four-part series. And I have also covered the Long Island serial killer case with Maggie Freeling of Crawl Space and NPR Latina, And it's just one of those cases that's always kind of been on the true crime radar since it happened. So let's enjoy the episode, and thank you guys again for listening. This is a case I remember seeing all over the news when it first began to unfold, but as with most cases involving possible sex workers, the murders quickly moved off the front page. You may have seen the story of these four women being told through the eyes of news magazines like Dateline, 48 Hours, or 2020. And this case is as shocking today as it was when it first happened. And the fact that nobody has been held accountable is a travesty. So just a quick refresher, the Atlantic City murders were discovered on November 20th, 2006 behind the Golden Key Motel. Reports state that the bodies appeared to be lined up and faced down in marshlands behind the motel. This is a case that captured the zeitgeist at the time, but when no suspects were brought in, the homicides moved into the cold case file. Now, authorities say the case is active as ever, and even if the Atlantic City Prosecutor's Office has made a push in the last 10 years, they still have not found any answers. People who have been suspects at the time have had their lives turned upside down, even if it was just a matter of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some coincidences can be explained, while others cannot. So please, join me this week for part one of Who Killed the Atlantic City Four. Five years before police uncovered a cluster of bodies in Gilgo Beach, Long Island, there was another cluster murder in Atlantic City that had people talking. It was 13 years ago when detectives began their unenvious search in the drainage ditch behind a shady $27-a-night motel. The Golden Key Motel sat in a really seedy part of Atlantic City, located just off the Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. It was... This no-tell motel where two unknowing witnesses would stumble upon a life-altering site, the body of a dead woman. Despite being in a part of town where violence, drugs, and prostitution were prevalent, murder was still something everyone took seriously. So they did the proper thing and called the cops. When they arrived, the site was cordoned off, and the search went on to uncover a total of four women's bodies. One thing became abundantly clear to the investigators. They were dealing with something bigger than what their police force was built to handle. Just in the shadows of the Atlantic City casinos, investigators exhaustively searched for evidence. The bodies had been placed 50 and 60 feet from one another. All four had been strangled or asphyxiated. All four were found clothed faced down and barefoot. There have been names bandied about regarding what to call this suspected serial killer, but I'm going to leave that be for now, as the focus should be on the victims, not the perpetrator. Some three dozen investigators from the FBI, the state police, and the Atlantic City and Egg Harbor Police Departments worked on the case full-time. Too many victims are overlooked when the media coins a name for a killer, This isn't about him. Just don't glamorize this perp with a moniker because it's been done in the past. Regardless of what you call him, the bottom line is this person is a monster and a serial killer. We can stick with those, and I believe you'll know who I am talking about. The nuts and bolts of the case look like this. Four women, in total, were killed. And all were in between the ages of 20 and 45. Barbara Brader, 42, worked as a prostitute to help support her crack habit. She disappeared in October 2006, but it was not reported for several weeks. According to NewJersey.com, Brader was from Ventnor. She worked as a cocktail waitress at the Tropicana and helped manage her mother's clothing shop before she became hooked on prescription pills. Then, on heroin. She was one of four siblings who attended Catholic schools. In her last year, Brader was twice arrested for soliciting a police officer in Atlantic City. More recently, she had been staying off and on with a man in neighboring Ventnor. Then there was Molly Jean Diltz. She was 20. She disappeared from her boyfriend's house in Blacklick, Pennsylvania in mid-October. There wasn't a... reason for her to really leave but there was an outstanding warrant for drug possession and she really didn't have any income and it was a surprise to her family that she would turn up six weeks later in a ditch in atlantic city as a prostitute dead and before her disappearance her mother had died and then her brother and apparently these deaths were extremely tough on her She was last heard from on October 7, 2006, when she called from a payphone in Atlantic City. She, too, would soon be dead. Then there was Kim Raffo, who was 35 and a former waitress who had left her husband and children for drugs and prostitution in Atlantic City. She was last seen alive a day before the bodies were discovered. And according to NewJersey.com, Raffo was a Brooklyn native who had once been a PTA mom in Florida. Quote, she was trying to get her life together, but she couldn't get away, unquote, said John Pease of 46 from Ventner, a friend of Raffo's. And then there was Tracy Ann Roberts, who was 23, a former erotic dancer who sold sex to support a drug habit and was last seen alive in November 2006 when she was hit in the throat and hospitalized by a man who wished to be her pimp. Joyce Roberts made the 90-minute drive from her home in Bear, Delaware, to rescue her daughter. She was five minutes too late. Roberts, who was using cocaine heavily at the time, had left the hospital that she had called her mother from. Roberts had been a regular presence on the streets in Atlantic City for less than a year, according to several prostitutes. The four bodies were found in the ditch 12 days after Joyce Roberts had made her drive over the Delaware Memorial Bridge and across the Atlantic City Expressway to bring her daughter home to safety. Even radio host and founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Silopwa, organized a team to go to the underbelly of Atlantic City and try to find the person responsible for murdering Raffo and the three other women. He was quoted as saying, were there around the clock patrolling for illicit activities and any information about this case. Despite having four victims in a seemingly obvious dumping ground, the police refused to say this was the work of just one killer. Now think about that for a second. Four bodies, one location, maybe not a serial killer? If I had to guess why, I would say tourism. Nobody wants a national headline discussing your tourist city as a place where a serial killer is lurking. From that perspective, a PR perspective, that is, I get it. What I don't understand is how law enforcement was acknowledging the possibility, at least behind closed doors. Either way, it doesn't change the fact that these four women are dead and no one is being held accountable. According to reports, it took one month before a task force was put together. Again, why the delay? Three of the four were blonde. According to SouthCoastToday.com, it has been more than three months since the bodies of the four murdered prostitutes were found in a marshy drainage ditch behind a string of seedy motels in the outskirts of Atlantic City. And other than identifying the bodies and offering some details about the causes of death, The Atlantic City Prosecutor's Office has provided little information about the investigation into the sensational case. There has been no arrests, there do not appear to be any suspects, and the investigation appears to have stalled. The murders were featured in a segment of America's Most Wanted, but since that show was telecast in December, there has been little to report. Prosecutor Jeffrey Blitz said the major crime squad in his office with the assistance from local police and the FBI are working on the case day in and day out. In the same article from NewJersey.com, they were able to get information from a former high-ranking law enforcement official who worked on the case recently. And he told them that inside the investigation in its early days, the official spoke basically on the condition of anonymity, because he did not want to be outed. But among the things that he disclosed was that Raffo had no defensive wounds on her body, so it suggested that she could have been drugged or attacked while incapacitated. The other women had no discernible offensive wounds, or defensive wounds I should say, but because of the state of decomposition, wounds could not be ruled out. An autopsy found another person's DNA under Raffo's fingernails, but it could have been from incidental contact or it could not be connected to the death at all. The DNA did not match anyone in law enforcement databases, so that one's kind of up in the air. One day before the death of Raffo, she was with a customer in North Jersey with a doctor who had a room at the now-shuttered Trump Taj Mahal. It was about 5 a.m. on November 19th. The law enforcement official said that Raffo had told the man that she was going out to buy drugs and that she would return. When she did not, the doctor called her several times, receiving no answer. Using Raffo's cell phone records, investigators were able to track down and interview the doctor. And they did ultimately clear him of suspicion. Because of suspicions like that, they obviously looked at all the surveillance video that came from the casino and the hotel the man's calls to raffo were routed to a cell tower on the black horse pike not far from where the bodies were discovered though the case itself has been a feature story on all of our favorite crime shows from 2020 to 48 hours the problem with the current state of the investigation is five years after the bodies were found behind the golden key motel A serial killer was found to be prowling the beaches of Long Island. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. I have been working as a true crime podcaster for a number of years now, and while I find the work to be very rewarding, it can also get me down now and again. So when I need a bit of a pick-me-up, I turn to Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a puzzle game you can play right on your phone. It's truly an enjoyable game. When I play, I find it to be a mindful experience as I try to move throughout the different levels, all while facing challenging puzzles. But Best Fiends is a fun, casual game that really anyone can play. I definitely wouldn't consider myself a pro gamer, and that's why Best Fiends is so much fun. You don't have to be! Even I have been flying through these levels. One of the best parts about Best Fiends is that it updates monthly, with new levels and events, so it's always fresh. Best Fiends is a game that won't take up much of your time, but it will help you stay in touch with your friends and family, all while still social distancing. Another great feature, you don't even need an internet connection to play. The game has an elegant design, which helps relax my mind, and all the cute characters just make me feel all that much better. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, This five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Now, at first, I thought there was a connection. I mean, there had to be. But as time went on, the references to the Atlantic City 4 and the Gilgo Beach homicides became few and far between. There was once hope this new discovery would lead to the killer from the Golden Key, but this case has now gone stagnant. So a quick check on where we stand so far. What we do know is there is a serial killer, whatever name you want to call him. He's working in Atlantic City, and there's also one working in Long Island. Now, despite the eerie similarities and the speculation, authorities say they don't believe that the bodies are connected to the Atlantic City ones. Now, 10 bodies so far have been discovered in this remote area of Long Island. And the big difference being that these people came from Craigslist and they were sex workers. And, you know, police said they've been in contact with Atlantic City police. And they just don't see the connection. So it was during a news conference on Long Island, that the uh, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Richard Dormer had squashed the speculation that the killer responsible for the Gilgo Beach murders was also the killer responsible for the Golden Key murders. Quote, The indications we have right now is that there is no connection. Dormer did not elaborate, and authorities in Atlantic County, who've said little, about the murders since 2006 would confirm only that they had been in contact with Suffolk County. Not very comforting, if you ask me. Investigators spent a lot of time searching room 101 of the Golden Key Motel, but they have never disclosed why. What, if any, significance should be attached to any of that remains a mystery. The prosecutor's office has established a tip line and has asked for the public's assistance, but some authorities believe it's been too late. Everybody comes back to them being barefoot, with their heads facing east towards the casinos of Atlantic City and just a few yards away from each other. So speculation spread that a serial killer might be on the loose in the city, whose motto is always, Turned On. The cases seem like they should be connected, but if authorities say they aren't, then I'm going to go ahead and say that they aren't, at least until I see something that tells me otherwise. Profiler John Kelly explains, quote, the guy on Long Island did not want the bodies to be found. If it weren't for the woman who went missing, Shannon Gilbert, they would have never have known that the bodies were there. And with the Atlantic City girls posed on the bank of the drainage ditch and facing towards a casino, These bodies were meant to be discovered, so we're looking at two different guys. Kelly pointed out that Long Island serial killer trolled sex workers, Craigslist, uh, Backpage, that type of stuff for victims, and it wasn't like he was out on the street looking for his victims. Serial killers offer a distinct signature, and Kelly believes the distinct signature in the Atlantic City killings is that of facing them towards the casino and having them being faced down. Now, the case took place well over a decade ago, but it has not been forgotten. At least according to a release from the Atlantic City Prosecutor's Office in 2018, they stated the case is still being worked, and what they need is the public's help to get this thing solved. The release goes on to say Atlantic City County Prosecutor Damon G. Tyner refuses to use the label cold case when referring to the unsolved murders of the four women who were found 13 years ago in a drainage ditch in West Atlantic City. Now, Prosecutor Tyner said law enforcement needs the public's help as the investigation continues 13 years later. Quote, somebody knows something about this case. Somebody has to know something. Atlantic County Prosecutor Damon G. Tyner says of the discovery on the day that the bodies were discovered that Kim Raffo, Barbara Brider, and Tracy Roberts were someone's mother, daughter, sister, and wife. He shudders at the characterization of them as prostitutes. But instead, he likes to believe that these were just four women found dead in West Atlantic City on November 20th, 2006. And they will not be forgotten. The release goes on to say in the years after the bodies were discovered, investigatory work was continued every day on the case in a joint effort of law enforcement, including these agencies. ACPO Major Crimes Unit, the Egg Harbor Township Police Department, the Atlantic City Police Department, the FBI, and the New Jersey State Police. Quote, As an original supervisory member of the investigative team assigned to this case, I can confirm that these victims are not forgotten. All agencies involved in this investigation, local, county, state, federal, remain diligent in our pursuit Of the person or persons responsible. We urge anyone with information to contact law enforcement, said Egg Harbor Township Police Chief Raymond Davis. Police were unable to locate an actual crime scene where the victims were killed. Their shoes, pocketbooks, identification, and cell phones were never ever recovered. Some DNA found on one of the victims did not have hit on any of the databases, so that did not go anywhere. According to Christina Corbin from Fox, one of the main suspects in this case was actually brought to the attention of authorities by his girlfriend. The number one suspect was brought to the attention of authorities by his girlfriend, who he was fighting with. She implicated... Terry Olison, a 41-year-old repairman who had been staying at the Golden Key Motel for about a month, and he had been staying there for free on one of those deals that you may have heard of where someone trades services for, say, free rent. So basically, Olison was providing the motel with services in exchange for a place to live. He had spent a month there, and he was actually just a stone's throw away from where the first body was found. When Olsen's girlfriend brought his name to investigators, the couple were actually in the midst of an extreme domestic dispute. But at the time, authorities had little else to go on, so they followed up. And what they would find would actually creep out any investigator, or any person for that matter. While searching Olson's room, they found cameras set up suspiciously. They also discovered images of his girlfriend's teenage daughter in the middle of undressing. Okay, so he was not the most wholesome character. But remember, he was living in one of the seediest motels in the city. So these discoveries shouldn't be all that shocking. I mean, if this place was only charging 27 bucks a night, who knows what kind of crowd that opens up the door to. Police went on to note and search his room, but they also searched his house. They did remove evidence, but nothing came of it. The police would go on to question him extensively. But again, he would not crack, probably because he wasn't the guy. He just fit the bill if you're looking for a creepy guy with some weird vices. Now, again, he went on to be charged and prosecuted for the videotaping of his underage girlfriend's daughter, and there's that, but he has never ever been named a formal suspect in the case. But with the cost of a night being so low in a city known for prostitution and drugs, it should come as no surprise that the motel was a hot spot for, well, everything above. I found in my research a story from a reporter who had a night of hell spent at the Golden Key. It may have even been titled My Night in the Hotel from Hell, or something along those lines. Anyway, in spite of all the unseemly circumstances surrounding Olson, he was cooperative and even provided DNA to investigators in 2008. No further evidence has come to light, and he has never been named a suspect publicly. Circumstantial evidence can be very damning, but without DNA, Olson right now just remains a name. And as I mentioned before, no one has ever been arrested for the crimes, but a criminal profiler named John Kelly out of New Jersey believes his team can solve the case. Fans of the show Mindhunter, or the movie Silence of the Lambs, understand the purpose of using criminal profilers in cases like serial murder. It helps investigators point in a certain direction, hoping, of course, the profile is right. Profiler Kelly said three of the bodies were found in a cluster, each placed within 50 to 60 feet of each other. The last woman murdered was found directly behind the motel. Kelly's team went on to create what they hope is a criminal profile of the killer, which local authorities could then use to search for local suspects. Reading directly from the profile now, the initial profile read, This lethal predator is a local male who is very familiar with the Atlantic City area and the disposal site of the victims. He has a very organized personality, which influences his personal and everyday activities, including his work. He is very rigid and structured in his everyday life. A place for everything, and everything in its place would be his motto. He has read And reads books on serial killers and has come to have knowledge of crime scenes and crime scene investigations. He has an extreme foot fetish and has a collection of women's shoes and the shoes of his victims. He has not killed every prostitute he has come in contact with. There are prostitutes who know him for the sexual gratifications he gets from their feet. He is non-social and likes to keep to himself. He is narcissistic. Everything revolves around him. And he is also very concerned with making himself look good in all aspects. He is also extremely opinionated. If criticized or disagreed with, he would become extremely angry or agitated. Although at times, when he wants to, he can be very charming. In his pre-offense mode, he may have spoken about the sinful nature of prostitution or the He may have voiced his economic concerns about prostitutes destroying Atlantic City's value or reputation. In his post-offense mode, he would say things like, They got what they deserved, or good riddance. He follows the news of his killings in the media. His hobbies would include art and photography, and his obsessive fantasies would compel him to search for sexually graphic and violent pictures in all media he probably has a prior record of sexual or physical abuse or sexual harassment towards women he may have recently suffered a setback in his work or in a relationship this predator is probably detached from his father and was abused as a child this person has also killed before these recent victims were found and he will be compelled to continue his murderous ways in the future. It looks like we're out of time for part one of Who Killed the Atlantic City Four, but please tune in next week for part two of Who Killed the Atlantic City Four. If you enjoy this independently produced podcast, you can help support the show by clicking on the donate button on the right-hand side of Who Killed Amy or via the Venmo app, my username, BillHuffman3. Any amount is appreciated, and it helps keep the podcast running. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, because that will also help keep the show in the spotlight. Your donations will help the show keep important cases, like this case, on the forefront. If you have any information in any of these cases that I've covered, please contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. The Atlantic City Prosecutor's Office has an established tip line, and the number is 609-909-7666, and has asked for the public's assistance. The Prosecutor's Office also offering a reward of up to $25,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the individual or individuals responsible for any of the four murders behind the Golden Key Motel. If you have any information regarding any of the cases that I've covered, you can always submit a tip anonymously via your local Crime Stoppers unit. If you do have any information regarding any of the cases that I've covered in the past, please don't hesitate to call -CALL 1-800-CALL-FBI. They will at least direct you into where you need to be and where that information needs to be given. So again, thank you so much for listening this week. This is just part one of Who Killed the Atlantic City Four? And stay tuned next week for part two of Who Killed? the Atlantic City Four. This has been a Slow Burn Media production. I'm your host Bill Huffman. Thank you again for listening and I hope everyone has a safe week.